You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, I've been waiting for this all week. First off, the pop quiz is brought to you by Victory Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Today's pop quiz is Talladega Nights, which is my favorite Will Ferrell movie. So many good quotes from that one. Yeah, I love Talladega Nights. Like, I don't count Wedding Crashers as a Will Ferrell movie. He's in Wedding Crashers. That's a Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson movie. He makes a cameo in the movie. Talladega Nights is my favorite uh, Will Ferrell movie. Today's winner got a $25 gift card to Twin Peaks. But I've been ready because I want to talk to Joel about playoff failures of years past. You're a lifelong Chiefs fan. You're the Chiefs fan. Like, you're my favorite kind of Chiefs fan. You're the Chiefs fan that looks at the schedule and like, eh, I think they're going 10-6, 11-5, and, and, and then never picks against them during the regular season. Yep. Just pick them to go 16-0 and 0 every <laughs> single season. Then. And then you could be shocked at the end whenever they only win 11 of those games. But it is our Arrowhead Pride Roundtable. It is Joel Thorman. It is Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Pete, I feel like we have to start with you because you were the creator. Nobody on the internet had this idea of counting down days in between <laughs> practices with Eric Berry. Nobody else was doing this but you, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. What do you make of today that Eric Berry sat practice out today and did not practice for your Kansas City Chiefs? I don't think it's <clears throat> completely surprising just because he missed Friday uh, prior to the Raiders game. Uh, obviously, some kind of setback where, I mean, everything you hear is this Haglund's deformity thing where I think the pain is getting to be to a point where it's going to be too great for him to play. I think it's in serious doubt that he plays on Saturday afternoon, given the fact you just had a bye week. If there's ever a time when you should be practicing at least limitedly LP, what they put on the practice report all week, I think it's this week. He wasn't able to do that. So to me, I think it's in serious question. The day-to-day thing, it just was so funny to me, the way the team and, and, and the player and everyone involved in this treated this all year. It's They never put him on injured reserve. I know. And being day-to-day... For over a hundred days was just so funny to me. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think C. Dot said it uh, earlier in the show that you're lying if you can tell me what's going to happen with Eric Berry this week. Um, we have no idea. Uh, you know, we've, we've and we've been saying that all season long. I think we we want him to play, but Pete's Pete's taken like a pretty like realistic uh, approach yeah. to this. I think with like okay, there's been so many setbacks like throughout the season. Why do we think it's going to be any different this yeah. time? Well, I mean, that's what we were talking about at the beginning of the season. I mean. We had the over and under two and a half weeks, and I'm like, absolutely the over. This isn't an injury that's going to heal. Like, this doesn't heal without some sort of procedure. So it's not magically going to get better. So I'm not surprised by this at all. More than anything, I'm probably like a lot of Chiefs fans. I'm just sick of it. And, and just, just another quick point about this. People will say, oh, well, it's the playoffs now. He'll definitely play. Well, guess what? They needed to win Week 17. I understand right. it's the Oakland yeah. Raiders, but you're you're in danger of dropping to the fifth sure. seed, and he didn't go. So if you think that he's not going to play because of the playoffs, you're wrong. I just, what's hard for me in this is the Chiefs haven't done anything from an injury health training staff standpoint for me to give them the benefit of the doubt. If they had a spotless reputation on all of this, it'd be man, Chiefs training staff. They know what they're doing. They're going to get this right. I mean, they misdiagnosed Jamal Charles. They mishandled Derek Johnson's injury. They mishandled Justin Houston's injury. They've mishandled Eric Berry through this entire process. Like, 
even if you're the fan that thinks this is just a standard rest day and they're not telling us, you can't tell me why you would think that other than, well, I just think that. Like, nothing the Chiefs have done over the last five years would suggest that this is not reason to be very alarmed at what's happening with EB. I think based upon the history that you, you just mentioned, it certainly is tough to give them the benefit of the doubt. Of course. I, I think in this situation, as soon as Eric Berry makes that spirit com- uh, comment, to me it becomes, all right, this has been, I think, based upon everything you hear, in his hands the whole time. I'm, I'm talking about this situation isolated. If you compound it with all that other stuff, I think maybe you start to have a case. And I agree with you on that, too, because I think he, he, with a player of his status, he has input on what's going to happen to him. They're not just going to tell Eric Berry what to do. That's not the way it works. I mean, see that, and I talked about this before around the building. There's certain people that you work with that don't necessarily have a boss. All right? And I feel like Eric Berry's probably one of those guys over at One Arrowhead Drive. He's going to have a say in, in what happens to him. You know, any reason I can say, we're putting you on IR, Eric. That's not the way it works. EB's got what? He's on the Chiefs are on the hook for $16.5 million next year on this. He's yeah. got power over the team right now. He's like, he, he's like that executive who has a ton of shares in the company. Yeah. He can't really get rid of them. That's exactly what it is. I mean, he has power over the Chiefs right now because they owe him a lot of money and they can't cut him until after next year. I think part of the frustrating thing is, and a lot of teams are like this with injuries, is it's just that they don't say anything. Like, he's the star player, you know, face of the franchise sort of guy, and it's just been the same, like, day-to-day thing all season long. And I think there's an argument, oh, it's a competitive advantage. You don't want to give up, uh, you know, information on, energy, uh, on injuries and all that. But, like, it's more that, like, we've just been in the dark this well, whole time. That's the thing. I mean, it's it's 2018. If you're going to be held out and you're not going to tell us why or go into what exactly yeah. is happening, then all I'm going to say is that, okay, you're choosing not to play. That is all. If that's all you're going to yeah, well, give us, that's how I'm going to treat the situation. Yeah, you're, you're, we're left as fans and as media to speculate on what's going on. Unless you come out and you say it. We had Jim Sorge on the show yesterday, Colts color analyst. And he was talking about how, hey, man, everything's different in that building. You know, it's forthcoming now. It's different from the GM that they had before since Ballard's there. It's forthcoming. It's more open. It's more transparent, all that stuff. And it's the exact opposite over there. So we're left to speculate on, did the Chiefs training staff screw it up? How much is Eric Berry involved in, do I play or don't play? Why didn't the Chiefs put him on IR? For what it's worth, I think with the organization, that a lot of that secrecy and that stuff of just not wanting to reveal too much, I think, comes from Andy Reid and the, and the Philly days. Yeah, This situation, I keep saying it, it's a little isolated because I think it just has a lot more to do with the player. And I think, based upon kind of some things you hear, so on and so forth, that it's a pain tolerance thing. And yeah. it's just too painful. I just wish they, like we all said, would be a little bit more forthcoming. I think what's frustrating, at least from my perspective, is I think every decision the Chiefs made after Earl Thomas broke his leg, was with the mindset of, we will have Eric Berry the second half of the season. I think every decision that they made was with that concept. So you had to get it right. I don't care if he played in the Chargers game. I don't care if he played in the Ravens game. But he got to play in this one. This is the one you got to play with. And you said it. I just don't know how you know if Eric Berry is going to play. Like, I don't know how anybody, I don't know how Eric Berry can say I don't know how Reed can say I don't know how anybody can with a straight face say, I know EB is going to be ready and available on Saturday. Everything the second half of the season was about EB being available. And in hindsight, we should have, the Earl Thomas stuff should have been a bigger red flag. I think that maybe we realized at the time that, like, they're willing to give up, you know, a second or third round pick. For For safety at his position. who's, Who's supposedly coming back. Like, looking back at that now, you're like, Huh, like it felt like maybe it was a bigger deal back then than we realized. But I think we probably thought, at least I did a little bit, it had a little bit something to do with no Dan Sorensen and bringing Ron Parker back, too. Mm-hmm. I think, I think at least the way I was looking at it initially was like, man, you got Barry and Thomas? Wow. You know, once he gets back and you bring in Earl Thomas, I mean, you're set and that's going to take care of some of the issues you have at corner. Your starting safeties last game were Daniel Sorensen and Jordan Lucas. Yeah. 
Like that is a message in itself to saying we are trying everything here. We have no answers at this position. And if Barry doesn't play, it's going to be a serious problem on Saturday afternoon. I, I look at the other side of the ball, too, and we don't have to get into it yet. But I, same kind of thing with Sammy Watkins. I mean, I look at the situation. I'm more upset that they didn't try harder to go get Landon Collins now. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I look at the Landon Collins, the contract you will want, the age, the health, the, the productivity. I'm now more upset that they didn't make, at least it would appear, a better effort to go get Landon Collins. And I think it's it's frustrating, too, because we can all see, like, against the Colts this weekend, not having that safety over the top, no, like totally. an experienced guy over the top. Like, at some point, it's going to burn him. You feel like you're so close, and, like, this one guy, you know, supposedly can make a difference. And you talk about competitive advantage. To me, after Saturday, if it results in an L, which we don't want to put that out there, I get that, but let's just say, you know, hypothetically, and the Chiefs score 31 points and lose because of the defense in a huge gaping hole, then at that point, I think the organization needs to say, all right, here is what happened. Here's what was happening on all the day to day to day to day to day things, because guess what? Who cares about competitive advantage? The year's over. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm at that. I, the more we get into this week and people are lighting me up on the, on the protein. I see with the purpose text line is that I actually, my gut says the chiefs are going to win this game. But the more I get into this thing and the more I look at it, I don't feel good about this game. I don't feel good about this game at all based on the way the Colts are playing and the holes that the Chiefs have on defense. I feel similar to you. I did a podcast last night with the Colts SB Nation site, and we're just talking through this thing. And as you approach, yeah. and we're going through every matchup, and, and, and you're starting to feel a little bit nervous considering the Colts are a little bit more of a complete team, right? But I think the gut thing you're talking about, it because I feel it too. I, I heard you guys come in where you're like, well, why are you picking the Chiefs? To me, it's not only a gut thing. It's a just, I think, a belief that Patrick Mahomes can yeah. will yeah. this team because you've seen it before. And I, I saw it against the Ravens. And I just, I can't see this kid with the city on his back, the way he carries himself, going into Arrowhead Stadium with all of this pressure and losing this football game. I just can't see it. I want to ask you this question. I do want to talk about that coming up on the other side. Do you think Eric Berry plays a full game with the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward? At, at any point, this year, next year, do you think Eric Berry plays one full game for the Chiefs? Yes, yes. Either this year or next. If, if you're throwing in next year, too, then yes, I do. Because I do think he'll be back next year, and you just take your chances that he will. I think they're into a situation now where as soon as the Chiefs have no more football to play this year, there needs to be some type of procedure that's mm -hmm. going to try this again. And with that good faith, and they have another crack at this, hypothetically, again, because what do we know? Nothing that he'll play next season, but to think that he's going to be 100%, you're, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you're coming off two, two Achilles, if, if that because if, I don't know if you guys heard what Aaron Borgman said, you know, earlier today, but so if if you go in there, you're going to have the procedure. Like, that's going to have to happen at some point for Eric Berry. So you got a couple of different options. If you just grind down the bone spur, it's a two-month thing at, at best. You're only out for two months. Or maybe you have to uh, unattach the, the Achilles, and then it's basically a total rehab again. And if that's right. the case, look what you got out of Eric Berry for your six years and 40-some-odd million dollars over three years. You got three quarters of football, a game and a half this year, and maybe nothing for next year. Brad, you and I took a lot of hate, man. We I know. said, wait. I we know. just said, wait what you got here because you just never knew. And it's coming. Like when a guy is day-to-day -day for 100 days, like that is an abnormal thing. And I think we're seeing the results. I think we're at the point that I do not think it is a – I do not think it is impossible that there is a injury settlement for Eric Berry at the end of the season. Or retirement. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, at this point, I just wouldn't be surprised. Let's say that Eric Berry has to have surgery at the end of the season. That's another nine months that you're out, and then you got to recover again. I can see the Chiefs and Eric Berry saying, hey, let's come to an issue. We know we owe you this money. Let's figure something out, and then let's just go our separate ways. This has been, I think, a much longer ordeal than the Chiefs and probably Eric Berry and his side had anticipated. Coming up on the other side, I do want to talk to you guys about gut feeling with the Kansas City Chiefs of, 
I just don't know why, and I think it's just the Chiefs' playoff history, why we've turned the Colts into a much better team than I think they actually are. It is our Arrowhead Pride Roundtable, Joe Thorman and Pete Sweeney, right here is The Drive. The Drive, presented by Tecate. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll give you a chance to win $1,000 in our National Catch Contest. But right now, we're keeping things going with the guys from Arrowhead Pride. It is Joel Thorman. It is Pete Sweeney joining us live in studio. I feel like there's a baseline when it comes to this conversation about the NFL playoffs. Every team can win this week. Like, yes, I can tell you how the Colts can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, like, fairly obvious. But the Chiefs can beat the Colts. Like, I feel like in this, I'm seeing people like, man, they're a dangerous team. Everybody's dangerous at this point in the season. Like, that just seems like an understood to me. The biggest reason why I'm picking the Chiefs this week is I don't trust the teams that the Colts have beaten, and they just haven't proven to me that they're at the same level that the Chiefs are. I'm looking up and down. I'm seeing Derek Anderson. I'm seeing Cody Kessler. Like, I, I haven't seen the Colts consistently either beat good teams or play enough good teams that I don't trust them to go on the road and win this game. And second, for everything that I can say the Colts can do well against the Chiefs, there's there's only some things I think they can do well. I don't trust that defense against Mahomes for a second in this. So if you're telling me that the Colts' defense I don't think can stop the best player in the game, it seems like an obvious lean towards Kansas City in this game. It, it, it does feel a little bit like the 2013 Chiefs, the Colts. You, you, you remember that year the Chiefs had a run of just playing a lot of bad mm-hmm. quarterbacks and started out 9-0? and uh, The Colts, uh, and on their recent run, has been a lot like that. So I think that's a good, uh, good, good comparison there. Uh, yeah, for me it's just picking Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, that you know for a fact, like the one thing I know this weekend is that the Chiefs are putting up 30-plus points. So that's your job. Stop the Colts from scoring 30-plus. Yeah, there's the thing, though, man. It's like it's it's like you have one really great kid and one kid that's a total pain in the ass. We're just talking about the great kid, and we're ignoring the, the pain in the ass kid that's a problem. But I'm talking about the defense here, and CDOT brings up the quarterback thing. Who have the Chiefs beat quarterback-wise? Derek Carr lost to Russell Wilson, lost to Phillip Rivers, Barely beat Lamar Jackson, beat Derek Carr, lost to Jared Goff, beat Josh Rosen, beat Baker Mayfield, beat Case Keenum, beat Andy Dalton, lost to Tom Brady. And in week one and week two, yeah, you got Rivers and, and, and Ben Roethlisberger, but any team in the league is completely different, or every team in the league is completely different than they were in week one and week two. That's the thing with this, and it's the scariest part, I think, of this game, is this Chiefs defense struggles with really good quarterbacks, and that's what Andrew Luck is. That's what he's done all season long. I look at it this way, and I talked about the gut a little bit before. My gut feeling is that, you have Michael Jordan in a game that's pretty much evenly matched. You have your Michael Jordan, your LeBron James of the league. I like the Colts. I said it last week. I'll reiterate why. You see all these guys on film throwing their hands up, secondary playing perfectly. Patrick Mahomes throws a ball. I think he has the ability to really make a team give up on itself. It's like, yeah. We can't beat this guy. Yeah. And the Colts haven't seen him. The Ravens and Chargers had. And that's why I wanted the Colts from get-go. I didn't think there was a right answer last yeah. week, but I like that the Colts haven't seen this guy yet. They, I mean, you can watch all the tape you want sure. until a guy throws 80 yards down the field and you're looking back like, how did he do that? You know, it, it's almost like when you get punched in the mouth. Like, What are you going to do when you get punched in the mouth? Yeah. That's why I like the Colts. I think too, though, but I, I kind of feel like some of the context is out when it comes to the Chiefs defense, that I am not a Chiefs defense defender. I don't really know how you can be at this point in the season. I can point to every game other than New England. The defense gave the offense a chance to win. Now, we asked the offense to do something incredible, but the defense gave the offense a chance. That Rams game, that was a 54-51. Patrick Mahomes threw back-to-back interceptions at the end of the game. The defense then, remember Mahomes threw the first interception. 
Chiefs defense got that three and out. They got him the ball back. He then threw another interception. In the game against the Chargers, the offense got the ball back with 14 minutes and one timeout. If you get two first downs in that scenario, Chiefs win that football game. Offense didn't do his part. Then I'm with you. The Chiefs defense has not been great so far this season. But I think more times than not, this defense has at least given the offense a chance in the games they lost, and then the offense just couldn't carry the defense enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, you can't let a team score 54 either. I mean, yeah, you got the ball back the last time. But, I'm to me... The whole thing, this whole thing revolves around can the Chiefs defense get three or four stops, which they are much better at home. Yeah, I, well, yeah, but they have been. Well, and okay, like the they, three big losses that you mentioned, all on the road against great quarterbacks, well, which is tough okay. to do. What about Baltimore and L.A. in the last month? In in Kansas City, when the, when the Chiefs had, I mean, the the Chargers game is when I finally had it with the defense because they had three different fourteen point leads in that game and they couldn't hold them. And so if we want to talk about the three and out at the end of the game for the offense, how about the defense getting a freaking stop and covering somebody on a two-point conversion? So, I mean, that's what legitimately scares me in this game. And when it, when it comes down to it, we could waste a historic offense because they can't get it right on defense. They can't. And Eric Berry, you know, may not even play in this game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm frightened when it comes to this game. And I think the thing that is getting a little bit buried, and like I said, I do trust Mahomes. I do think the Chiefs will ultimately win. Will it be a we'll hard get, game we'll get, to win? We'll get 30. I mean, Mahomes will score 28 to 31 points, but the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to be in it. The Chiefs' offense prior to the bye week was different than this Chiefs' offense totally. after the bye week with Kareem Hunt and Sammy Watkins Agree being 100%. out of the mix. And so I, I look at that, and what was happening at the beginning of the year, you felt good about those games, in those games, because guess what? The Chiefs' offense was going to keep up with this crappy defense. It hasn't really felt that 100%. I mean, you had, you lost two or three games to end the season, so it gives you the heebie-jeebies. You hope that the thing missing isn't Kareem Hunt and it's Sammy Watkins, and he gets placed back in the mix and the offense can kind of roll that way. But it is a concern for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about this defense like I am right now if Sammy Watkins was healthy and Kareem Hunt was still there. Right, because you weren't at the beginning of no. the year. Remember like, I'm fine. Every- All right, yeah, let's roll with it. 31st. We're hanging 45 on anybody we play, wherever we play. I don't care, and it's but been, that's, that's not the case anymore. It's been a much different feeling since that totally. Raiders game where you, they scored 40 that game, but you yeah. did feel differently, and you haven't felt the same since like before the bye week since. Yeah, but maybe this is where I think the conversation is a little bit dishonest towards the Chiefs defense. I don't think the Colts are scoring 40 in this game. Like, I, I don't think that's happening. I don't, I don't think, think the this Chiefs is, are either. Like, I, I don't think this is going to be the shootout game that I think it's going to be under 30. Like, I'm asking you guys. What is our expectation for the Chiefs defense? That, if we can say right now, Colts only scored 26 points in this game, then, man, I'm holding the offense a little bit responsibly. This defense did its job. This defense is completely outmanned in this scenario. Your offense is the one that I'm, that we're talking about is historic. They got to score 30. They got Mahomes. They got all this kind of stuff. Like, I, at some point, I do think we got to look at the offense and say, you got to score 30 to ensure you win because maybe I'm different. I just don't look as Indianapolis as having that run away from you kind of offense. Uh, Chargers have that kind of ability. Rams have that kind of ability. To me, Indianapolis, they are not an offense that I think in January can score 35 points. So they're probably scoring 24, 26, 27 points. You're asking this Chiefs offense to go out there and then put up the normal numbers that they do. I'm with you. And I think in when it's anytime the Chiefs struggle, Bob Sutton, even in previous years, I'm talking pre-Mahomes, has been the forever scapegoat. Like, I think last year, right, everyone's like, oh, the Chiefs blew this fantastic lead at half. Yeah, well, the offense was blanked in the second half without Travis Kelsey. Once Travis Kelsey left the field, Andy Reid couldn't do anything. But it's just always mm-hmm. on Bob Sutton and the defense. It's just how it's been in Kansas City since then. Do I think the Chiefs are going to lose the game because of the offense on Saturday? No, I think if they lose it, they're going to give up too many points. 
I think to to answer CDOT's question, I think that number is 30 for me. Anything under the, the Chiefs' defense holds them under 30, yeah. I consider that you've you done your job. you got to expect to win at that yeah, point. Yeah, you've done your job. And yeah. this entire season, they've scored, you know what, 28 or more in every game. So, like, that's the expectation. Just hold them under 30, and you've done your job. Now, that said, they could still go out and win 45-40. Yeah, I mean, CDOT had, we had a, played a fun game yesterday, CDOT's hypothetical button game. Hit the button and the and the Colts score twenty eight points. Would you take it or not? You got to. Pete and I both took yes, it. Yes, absolutely. I would take it. Because I think the Chiefs will score more than that. The, the The scary part for me is if if the Colts get into the thirties, that's when I'm worried. Uh, things I'm worried about. Let's talk about it on the other side because I do think there are a couple big advantages that the Colts have in this game, and I'm worried about how the Chiefs are going to counteract it. And we'll give you a chance to win a thousand dollars in our national cash contest. It is our Arrowhead Pride Roundtable with Joel and Pete. It's the drive. The drive presented by Takate. We're talking Chiefs with the guys from Arrowhead Pride. It is Joel Thorman. It is Pete Sweeney, the guys from the AP. But right now, it is your chance to win 1,000 on the 30s of the National Cash Contest. Text the word COLOR, C-O-L-O-R, to 72881. That's COLOR, C-O-L-O-R. If you want Chiefs talking, a chance to win 1,000 on the 30s. There's only one station in Kansas City giving you both weekdays from 7A to 7P. It pays to listen to the largest sports radio company in the world. Message and data rates may apply. Your next chance to win is coming up in one hour, but why not go ahead and win right now? One more time for those of you in the back that are hard of hearing. What? Huh? Color. C-O-L-O-R. <laughs> Text the word color to 72881. Your national cash contest code word 4330 is color. Two things I am worried about in this game. Just two? Like two big things with the Colts. <laughs> Number one is I think the Chiefs' biggest advantage defensively is their ability to get to the quarterback. I think the Colts, as much as any team left in the NFL playoffs, do the best job at neutralizing what you do really well defensively. Like, I think the Chiefs' defense can mask a lot of their deficiencies with just getting pressure, whether whether it be with Chris Jones, whether it be with D4, whether it be with Justin Houston. The Colts' offensive line, they're the best at the NFL at protecting their quarterback. The other thing I'm really worried about is T.Y. Hilton. Man, if this is one of those games that Luck says – I'm I'm going to make sure that I throw the ball to T.Y. Hilton 15 times. I do not see how, how he does not have a good day. Like, I don't know if defensively they are equipped, especially with no Eric Bear, if he does not play in this game, to slow down T.Y. Hilton. Those are my two biggest concerns going into this game. I'm I'm, I'm most concerned about the, the Colts offensive line. Um, I can already see how frustrated we're going to get when the Chiefs aren't getting home with, mm-hmm. uh, with, with four rushers, and you're going to want to blitz. You're going to want to do something different, and that's just not in their DNA, it seems. Uh, so that's probably my top concern. Um, yeah, and then... You know, not even just T.Y. Hilton, but anybody over the top, um, quick scores like that. Like, I, I could see that coming, too. Concern number one bothers me, I think, a little bit more than concern number two. Very quickly on concern number two, I feel like over the past few years anyway, when it comes to the Chiefs, the opposing playmakers always seem to do well. Whether yeah. it be like getting to 100 yards, getting over 100 yards, running back on the ground gets 85, whatever, somewhere around that. And the Chiefs have still found a way to win, even I think in the Alex days. What scares me about the offensive line is you look at a Texans team, and I'm looking at it right now. I have it in front of me. J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, you know, um, who's the other guy? Clowney. Yeah, Jadavian Clowney. No sacks last week. I mean, I understand you like D. Ford and Chris Jones, but you like those guys as well. And, and you know, this was a year that J.J. Watt was back, and he could not have his way with a Colts offensive line, at least when it comes to hitting, you know, getting to the quarterback. So that is... That, that probably is the number one scare in this game because that's the best part and maybe the only good part about your Chiefs defense. And they ran for 200 yards in that yeah, game. Yeah, they're really good on the, on the ground. That's where the I Colts think like, 
the uh, game flow is going to be important. You know, if the Chiefs can get up early and make them more like one dimensional, I think that'd be huge in this game because obviously they have uh, trouble stopping the run. Um, you know, but if the Colts get up and, and they can go on those seven, eight, nine minute drives. And when you run the football, guess what you also eliminate? One of the Chiefs' big, the Chiefs' biggest strength on defense, which is trying to get after the quarterback. You know, so that yeah, I mean, there are legitimate concerns here. I mean, people can say that I'm na- na- negative Nancy or whatever the hell you want, but this is there's some bad matchups here. There's in this game. There's a little point to note too that really nobody is really talking about yet. I just got back from the facility. Dorian O'Daniel hasn't practiced all week. Yeah. They had an entire game where the opposing team was doing a certain. It was the Los Angeles Rams. You know, they were in the same personnel all game. They're a little bit faster of a team where they had Dorian play. And so Dorian mm-hmm. has had like a little bit of a role here. So you're basically putting the trust of your season potentially if the Colts have a lead late in this game in Reggie Ragland and Anthony Hitchens. Nice. And say that out loud and tell me you're not freaking out about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's what really, I guess, worries me. And one thing I think that really stood out in the game against Houston is Indy was able to, they kind of dictated tempo and they just kind of bled Houston dry of. I mean, they got those 21 nothing really early. I believe the first 15 minutes of the game. And then they could just run the ball 35 times. That if this becomes a ball control, let's keep the offense off the game. You're right. That That's very much in the Colts' favor. I just don't know if you're getting up 21 nothing early on this team where, to me, Houston kind of then became one-dimensional. And Houston just, they're not a high-volume kind of offense. This is an offense that can strike very quickly and, and kind of match you punch for punch. I think it's a... This game in particular, I don't know if a team gets out to 14, but it's a big race to 14 because if the Colts get out to 14, they could bleed the whole game. Gash you, bleed the clock. Gash you, bleed the clock. The Chiefs get out to 14. We mentioned that you know we're a little bit worried about the Chiefs not being able to rush the passer. Then the Colts maybe become a little bit one-dimensional, and then you have a chance to smack Andrew Luck in the mouth and maybe make this kind of a shootout game where you just can continue pouring the points on. What just what I'm I'm really con- I'm curious about in this game, and we talked about it a little bit. We can kind of get more into it. Is I just want to see if the Colts can match the the level of a team that I think can play at a high level. I just haven't seen that from them in two months. Like we can talk about the Colts, or mm-hmm. we can talk about the Chiefs losing to the Patriots. I saw the Chiefs on the road in New England, able to play stand toe to toe against the Patriots. I saw them on the road on Monday Night Football play against one of the five best teams in the NFL. I've at least seen this team challenge. I know how they respond. I know that they've been in these scenarios multiple times. Indy just hasn't been in these scenarios. It would be one thing to see a game against the Saints. or That's just not in this. This is going to be on the road, outside. It's cold, not in a dome with you got favorable conditions. I want to see how Indianapolis responds in that scenario because nothing on their schedule would show me that they can do that, at least not this season. And they've, they've scored in the 30s once in the last two months. They're capable of a 6-0 loss to the Jaguars, and I think that's the difference with the Chiefs. Like, the floor is pretty high. We know mm-hmm. what we're going to get. Uh, Colts can come in and play a perfect game and I think challenge the Chiefs. I mean, it could be a Rams or Patriots type of game uh, mm-hmm. where they where they take them to the wire. Like, I think the Colts are capable of that, but they haven't done it every week this season like the Chiefs have. On your point, C. Dot too. I mean, I look at the Colts, I guess you're not buying into the Houston Texans, which is understandable. But I, I think back to those, uh, to the Rams game, and I think back to the Patriots game. If you remove Kareem Hunt, if you remove Sammy Watkins, we don't know what percentage he's going to be yeah. at. Do you really think they're going toe-to-toe with those teams? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't Sammy know. Sammy played like one series in the Rams game. I, I don't think you can say that Sammy was a... was a Correct. He only played five snaps yeah. in that game. Let's, but I'm in the, saying but in the, the Patriots, Patriots game, game that's correct. for sure. You're right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I think the Kareem Hunt and the Sammy Watkins thing, maybe that scares me more than the defense. Like, not having those guys in this situation. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, the longer the week goes and the closer we get to this game, 
I, I, I feel the, worse after this conversation today. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel. I mean, I, it's just, again, I mean, you got one good kid, you got one bad kid. You want to talk about the great kids at study hall, focus on that. And then the bad kids over here burning your house down, you know? I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if you don't. If you don't pay attention to the bad kids, I'm really, I mean, everything's over. You're done. You're gone. I like that the Chiefs have now had two weeks to prepare for this. I know it didn't work out the last time when they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that was with Alex Smith. I think Mahomes is a different animal. Nothing nothing bad about Alex Smith, but you got to think that Andy Reid, with two weeks to sort of prepare here to figure out the deficiencies in his offense, can overcome them with the right game plan. And again, it it, it it is it could come down to the defense, like, which you which you really like. I I think the biggest worry for me in this game is if it's tied and somehow Andrew ha- Andrew Luck has the ball with three minutes left, with four oh, yeah. minutes left, because you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, let's just call it what it is. You have to have the last possession. And that's the thing that I'm curious uh, of how that will affect the players. And the reason I say that is, yeah, okay, Mahomes is like eight months old in '95 or whatever it was, and he like, none of this has any effect on these guys. But they do know the history, and they do read, and they do know, and they know what's going on. And you can sense if you can sense in a stadium when everybody's juiced up and the crowd's going crazy, you can sure as hell sense when a fan base is freaked out. So if the Chiefs are down 24-21 with two minutes to go against the Colts in the playoffs at Arrowhead, I'll be curious to see how everybody in that building responds. I don't even know if you have to go back to, you know, the the Chiefs history beyond this year. Like, look at the Patriots game. You knew you gave them too much time. The Rams game, you gave them too much time. Same with uh, Rivers and the Chargers. Like, you just felt it. No, it's already cut you off, though. I would say the same on the other side. If Mahomes has the ball at the end yeah. with three minutes to go, you feel good. I feel really good. Like, like yeah. the Chiefs are going to win that game, and, and and we can certainly keep talking about this. I do want to talk about fan psyche. I think that's a big part of the game. Is to me, the Colts are the worst team left in the playoffs. Like the worst team. Maybe you would argue Philadelphia is worse than them, but it's something about Nick Foles <laughs> that like this is the one game of all of them you should win this game. I mean, because we agree, Patriots better than them, Chargers better than the Colts. Rams better than the Colts, Saints better than the Colts. Like, this is the worst team remaining in the playoffs. Like, you got to feel good about this game if you feel good about the Chiefs at all, in my opinion. The Eagles are like your buddy who, at the end of the night, you could tell he's really drunk, but all of a sudden he just had a shot and is just running on straight <laughs> adrenaline by, by this point. I, I agree with you. I think the, the Eagles are an outlier because you got to take him out because this is just another magical run from Nick Foles, and I don't know how their defense is playing like it is. Uh, but yes, aside from the Eagles, I think you you rule this team certainly the worst team left. Yeah, I just may, maybe I'm being a skeptic when it comes to the Colts schedule. I saw two teams from the same division rack up double digit wins this year, playing very similar schedules. That both of them look a little shaky to me. I never liked Houston at any point so far this season. It never felt real to me. They got blasted in the first round of the playoffs. That I think the Colts took advantage of a schedule that hey, you can only play who you play. Right. They had the easiest schedule according to NFL. They do all the little algorithm. They have the easiest <laughs> schedule in the NFL. They feasted on this. Now you go against. Now you go on the road against a team that's just better than you, and you lose. In my opinion, I want to talk to you, Joel, as a lifelong Chiefs fan. How are you playing of playing the ghost of playoff failure pass against the Indianapolis Colts? One more segment with the guys from Arrowhead Pride. It's the drive. The drive presented by Takate. Back in on the drive, it's the playoffs, so we're making the guys from Arrowhead Pride work a little bit harder today. It is Pete Sweeney, it is Joel Thorman, the guys over at the AP. Coming up in just a minute, 
We are off today at 5 o'clock because of Kansas State, so we'll do the hits at 4 o'clock. We'll push it up a little bit. Kansas State has to continue to not make the NCAA tournament. They play West Virginia today. Pete, what was that comment to you on the website? Would you well, read, that? Would you yeah, read very, that for the people? Very quickly, C-Doc, because I know you got to get this. No, but, go ahead. Uh, safety Mike Mitchell won't be playing yeah. in the game for the Colts. If you don't remember. It's on IR, right? On IR, if you remember, Mitchell had a dirty hit on Alex. So I kind of wrote a little bit of a chief spin article today for Arrowhead Pride. Well, you know, Mahomes will be safe. And I got an, uh, an email from a Colts fan. Mm. Just from the looks of your picture, you'd be better served writing about the marching band, maybe the color guard. <laughs> Goes on to say, I'd right, be more nice. worried that Darius Leonard might stomp Patty's face as he rolls over him on his way to the end zone after picking him off for the second time. Wow. Just my thoughts. You are proof that anyone can be a writer. <laughs> Engagement with the readership. I love it. What'd you do? Did you send him the middle finger emoji, or, or is that allowed at Arrowhead Pride? No, I, no. I said, you know, th- thanks for the email. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks, yeah, that's all. That's thanks really for Send reading. him a clip to this segment. Thanks for the click. That's really all you can say uh, in this. Joel, I am very... The reason I was most excited to talk to you is you're a diehard Chiefs fan, through and through. The Kansas City Chiefs are your favorite team. More than you like KU basketball... More than you like anybody. My else. wife's a KU fan. I'm not. Let's just let's just get that straight. My bet. My apologies. You're a Chiefs fan through and through. You're how, used to accusing people of being KU fans. I mean, everybody around me is normally a KU fan. <laughs> not me. How are you feeling going into this week? Because Brad Fanning, not pointing any fingers. No, you're pointing. All at me. week was like, I want the Colts. Give me the Colts. Give me the Colts. I do now, want the Colts. Now you got the Colts. Mm-hmm. Now you don't want the Colts. Yeah, I was. How not, are you feeling now going up against the Indianapolis Colts? I was not as excited about slaying the dragon as as Brad was. Um, I picked the Ravens or the Chargers ahead of the Colts last week when we yeah. were talking about our options. Yeah, um, yeah definitely nervous. Uh, I'd be a lot more nervous, I think, if it was uh, a different offense, like the offenses we've seen in the, that the Chiefs have had and some of these other horrible playoff losses. So, uh, you know, maybe a little bit better than that. Um, just give me a game that doesn't have a name. You know, I don't want to come out of here that says like thirty-eight ten. You want the game the, with no name. The no punk. He does want the game. Yeah, with the no, no name. punk game, the Lynn Elliott game, nice, the Bob Sanders game. Like, just as long as we get out of here, even if they lose and this just doesn't have a name, like yeah. I'll feel I'll feel a lot better. I, I I want the game to just get here. You know what I mean? Like, it's the first game, which I think is great because I was yeah. talking about this with somebody else. Like, if this game was here. Sunday at four o'clock or three o'clock, It'd be like. Mess. Yeah, I would. And and you and you and if you lost and Sunday at seven thirty, you're sitting there and your team's done. Like that's the worst, right. just the absolute worst yeah. feeling. I, I, yeah. It was refreshed, eleven days off, nice vacation, came back and and we get. And I'm like, man, I don't feel good about this at all. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. Like, I'm I'm totally anxious for this game. I, I'm I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. But you're right. I did want the Colts because I want this to be over. I want it to be over. It's felt like. The slowest of weeks. I, I think a lot of people. Doesn't it? I've heard it from a couple people who just yeah. want to get to Saturday. And I think once it comes to this, feels like one of those games for Kansas City. It, it feels like the big, you know, the biggest game since the World Series. Just I think because mm-hmm. of the quarterback you have, and it feels like one of those games where you're going to be glued on every single like, yeah. play and moment and step. And so it, it, it'll be fun. Uh, again, you, you you hope the Chiefs can come out of it and they're playing for the AFC title. And that's why I'm a little bit surprised. Just a little bit. Just to Smidge, because I know that Chiefs fans, once once the New Year strikes, Chiefs fans, the most negative fans that you can be around is. History would suggest, and I've, I've been saying this all season, if you got it right at coaching quarterback, you break through. Like, history would suggest you break through. You break through in this game, or if you don't win this game, you win the next one. Like, you don't lose. Like, you don't have a 20-year playoff drought if you have a great coach and a great quarterback. That's, just, that's not how the NFL playoff work. That I'm surprised 
that there doesn't appear to be, to me, a whole lot of confidence going into this game. That I do think a lot of it is, I mean, Fesco in the morning is bringing Lynn Elliott back, and we're sitting here doing <laughs> Vahe's writing Lynn Elliott back, and we're just like, so much I think of the first three days have been rehashing the Andrew Luck fumble, rehashing the Lynn Elliott, rehashing the no punt game. DJ, and, DJ too. Yeah, and, and, and not a whole lot about the... The future is you can have a 10-year run of playoff dominance because you have a great coach and a great quarterback, which, again, history would suggest that's very possible for the Chiefs given how many other teams have done it. I think I think most fans are uh, know like what the, the future is in good hands, uh, but it's been so long since you've been to an AFC Championship game that like this week just supersedes everything. Uh, so you know, forget about the future for now. Like, let's just—I'm just thinking about like Sunday. Like, I just yeah. want that that win on Sunday. So, um, you know, I I think most people are are happy with the long term. But man, like just this one week, like you brought up the quarterback uh, coach comparison. Like, you might be going against the coach of the year and Andrew Luck, the best prospect right. in yeah. 25 years. And then after that, Belichick and Brady. Like, so yeah. so. There's a lot of, you know, any any like good stat I feel like you can turn around and I don't think Andrew Luck's getting enough love in, in these conversations either. I mean the guys that threw so he had that bad year. And like franchise quarterbacks don't have bad years. It's kinda <laughs> weird. Might be number two for the MVP this year. Absolutely. Thirty nine touchdowns. Thirty nine touchdowns. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, our pass defense ain't the best. You know? So yeah, I'm compl- I'm I'm a mess. You're not a big Traverius Ward guy. What's that? You're not a big Traverius. You know what? Ward guy? I actually am kind of getting on board with him. I said this last week. I thought Traverius Ward, Tremont Smith, Jordan Lucas. I think those guys are going to be the key to the Chiefs getting the Super Bowl. As crazy as it sounds. Yeah, that does sound crazy. But I mean, but it's because those guys have to step up and play big. You got a couple of 22 year old rookies that have three combined starts, and they're going to be in the secondary a lot, and 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 they're going to play crucial roles if they're going to get there. I, I and they played good against Seattle too. We had the Arrowhead Pride show that we do every Tuesday at six yesterday, and I started initially the show, and I'll say it again in a briefer version of it, is if the Chiefs lose this Saturday, people are going to want to immediately lump it into the the history of it, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be a new era. I, like, I don't love this matchup, especially given the weak defense, yeah. but the losses in the playoffs will not, like this almost shouldn't be lumped in with that, even though if they lose, it will be. I just, may, I, I mean, I assume everybody's in the same, so I'm not going to say it's just me. I want the Chiefs to win this one so every other time we have a playoff conversation, it can at least be like, I don't even feel like this one's been like kind of down the middle. That Chiefs fans, I feel like all season, whether it was with Mahomes or whether it's now with the team, have been waiting for the other shoe to drop. That it kind of feels like a team that like, kind of like Missouri, that like can't get to the Final Four, like Gonzaga, how they were. Like once you get to the Final Four, that monkey's lifted off your back. This team just has to win one home playoff game. I don't care who it's against. I don't yeah. care if it's against Brian Hoyer. Agreed. I don't care who if it is. And then for the next 10 years, we will just have completely different conversations. Yeah. But now the hardest part is just getting the one. And now the one is against the team that has given you more playoff disappointments and more playoff failures than any of them. More than New England, more than Pittsburgh. It's been the Colts, whether it was Jim Harbaugh, whether it was Peyton Manning, whether it was Andrew Luck. Like This team has just handed you more heartbreak than any of them. That, I would say, you are either... You are one game away from either furthering what you already think about this team in the playoffs or you are one game away from, all right, we can now start over with the Chiefs in Mm -hmm. the playoffs and now look at this organization and this franchise completely differently. I think the fan base as a whole, and I don't want to speak for everybody because everyone has different opinions, but I think for the majority of them, I think if you win one, they'll be good. I think you'll be satisfied mm-hmm. with this year. And then especially if you play a good AFC title game and somehow Tom Brady just beats you. Or maybe, you know, you've been talking about earlier in the week how it's Philip Rivers' year. That would be, that'd be hard to swallow. But 
at least you finally got that playoff win. You got to the AFC title. They haven't done that since Reed's been here. There's a lot that can come off your back, as you were saying, with the win on Saturday. There's going to be a collective exhale in this city if the Chiefs beat the Colts and go to and have an AFC title game for the first time at Arrowhead Stadium. Wouldn't you agree? I Maybe mean, a bit of an exhale, but then the stakes just got yeah, but, Brady but, versus Mahomes. But, yeah, yeah. but Joel, you know what? I mean, I think I, I would go back to, and this sounds crazy as a number one seed, I would say, hey, the Chiefs are kind of playing with house money in you know, the AFC title game. In the first year, uh, Mahomes is a starting quarterback and the worst defense in the history of the world. Like, I, I'd be, I mean. I mean, you'd probably be the favorites against the Patriots yeah, at Arrowhead. Yeah, and, I, and after that, I'll take whatever. If the Chiefs in the, in the first year with Mahomes, and with this defense, gets to the AFC title game. It's the first time any of us ever get to see an AFC title game in Kansas City. Believe it or not, I'm good with that. Do I want to go to the Super? Come on, absolutely. But I would be cool with that. No, and, I, and you knocked off the Colts in the process and, and and killed all the crap that we've had to go through with the Colts in the postseason. I'd be totally fine with it. When you have the benefit of perspective, uh, I think that's a good point that yeah. you know you've had a good season. But if they win this and it's Thursday before like a Saturday a or Sunday AFC Championship <laughs> game at Arrowhead, like yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody thinking about that. Like I they're know, just thinking about getting that one win. Yeah, and, and we we talked last week. That I think most of us agree that like AFC title game. It's considered a successful. I season. think it, it would be for me. I, I, I mean, I think that's how the team's going to go about it. Win one, win one three times, and yeah. you never know. And I, I always say with this with people, and the Chiefs are the number one seed. Colts are number six seed. It doesn't matter if you're in the dance; anything can happen. The sure. Chiefs could be the number six seed, and I'd be still just as juice for this game. We're up against the break. I don't want to throw any negative energy out there because there's already enough. <laughs> you guys say that. Let them lose to Philip Rivers at Arrowhead. Brady's oh, one God. thing. I'm oh, saying to, to me, to, to me, Brady's that free roll. Oh, it was Brady. It was Belichick. It was January. It was the playoffs. It was Mahomes' first time. That's one thing. Let it be a team that you've beaten nine of the last ten times you played them. Let it be that team that go, we will not be having, oh, it was a fun year. It was house money. It will no, be a, right. How in the hell did we lose our chance to go to the Super Bowl? And we lost to Phillip Rivers at Arrowhead. That will absolutely be the conversation. All right, really quick. We got like 30 seconds left. Chiefs win if Joel Thorman. Chiefs win if they score 35. That's the magical number, 35. 35. As long as wow. the defense, well, the my, defense my other, if, if right they win, if the defense holds them under 30. Not even a zero there. right now when it comes to the Chiefs, 35. Chiefs win if Mr. Miyagi shows up at Eric Berry's condo. <laughs> Chiefs win if you get D Ford and your Chris Jones to penetrate that offensive line. And maybe Justin Houston, that, that guy that I used to help out, can help out a little bit. It would be nice see 50 up in there. It's always good talking football with you guys. It is the guys from Arrowhead Pride, Joel Thorman, Pete Sweeney. I, I bless you guys with many clicks in 2019. Thanks. God, you're the best. You guys, <laughs> I'll click uh, on you guys. Coming up in just a minute, we'll get to the top stories of the day in Kansas City. And this is not a top story to anybody, but Stephen A. Smith went on a Cliff Kingsbury rant and said that he is more qualified to be on The Bachelor than, a, than the coach of an NFL team. I want to hear that. It's The Drive. The Drive, presented by Takate. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host podcasts every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts check it out 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 